You're listening to Rates and Lanes with Rico Mohammed. This is the show where we improve your knowledge of the freight market, improve your bottom line, and improve the transportation industry as a whole. We're talking Rates and Lanes. Let's move on down the audio road. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to the Rates and Lanes podcast. I am your host, Rico Muhammad, coming to you live from the farmer's market here in Forest Park, Georgia, right on the outskirts of Atlanta, GA. Glad to get back in the saddle and get back with you guys this week. I've been missing a few weeks of doing the podcast. It seems like everything comes up at the last minute, and even today as I sit here at my customer to get loaded, uh, got to get in the dock here in a little bit, so we may have a little bit of break in the show, but just to go back to show you guys that this is real life truck, and we're out, actually out here in the in the trenches getting it in right along with you guys. Got a caller that's got a question. We'll get to you in just a second, Call, I see your hand up, and um, we'll get to you in just a second. We're going to start out the show that we in our normal fashion. We're going to jump over into the uh, USDA truck rate report, fruit and vegetable truck rate report for this week, Wednesday, May 20th. And uh, just a reminder, if you do have a question or anything, if you want to ask a question or a comment, go ahead and press number one, and that puts you in the queue. That lets us know that we want to get to you as soon as possible so we can try to get your question or take your comment when, when the time is up. But going back to the uh, USDA fruit and vegetable truck rate report, we have some movement, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Right here, first Memorial Day weekend of the of the spring summer season with uh, fruits and vegetables moving, reefers is kind of lightening a little bit of demand uh, as far as competing head up with dry vans. More and more reefers are trying to utilize that reefer that refrigerated capacity versus competing with the dry vans right now. So it's kind of helping out all segments and leveling out some of the playing field, but. Some areas that might be of interest while you're out there running around if you're trying to get that uh, extra money for the Memorial Day weekend if you're going to be working. Mexico crossing through Nogales, Arizona shows a slight shortage of trucks in that area right now. Uh, Right now, Central and South Florida is showing a really shortage, uh, shortage of trucks right now. Just a caveat to that Central and South Florida notation right there. After Memorial Day, Florida is going to start to cool off considerably. So just kind of hedge your bets before you jump down into Florida. If you're in Florida right now, you're in a great position. If not, better start hedging your bets before you start going back down or have something lined up before you get there. Also, South Florida is still showing uh, that they're moving Quite a bit of melons coming out there. Now, all of this is going most of that traffic from South Florida is going to start moving up into South Georgia here after Memorial Day. Um, Eastern North Carolina is showing a slight shortage of trucks. They need trucks in Eastern North Carolina, which is exactly where I'm headed. Uh, Lower Rio Grande Valley, Texas, shows there is, is showing a slight shortage, and Mexico crossing through Texas is also showing a slight shortage. All other markets at this time, other than three, are showing adequate supply of trucks. And the San Luis Valley, Colorado, shows a slight surplus. 
Minnesota and North Dakota shows a slight surplus, and Central Wisconsin shows a slight surplus. So this is just a notation for anybody that is looking to move any type of fruits and vegetables, anything like that. If you're flatbed, if you're not really moving, uh, you know, moving much on a flatbed with fruits and vegetables, this you can kind of disregard that end of the segment. But jumping right over into the DAT trend lines for this week of May 10th through the 16th, freight availability lost 6% last week as rates held steady for flatbeds, vans, and reefers. The reefer rates rose one cent on a 4.1 increase in low post. So there was a little bit of an uptick for low post for reefers. We're going to jump over into the U.S. van demand and capacity report for May 10th through 16th. And the report says that the van freight availability declined 13.5% while truck capacity stayed steady. As a result, the national load-to-truck ratio fell 13.9% from 2.8 to 2.4 loads per truck. That's a national scale. April loads added 24% versus 2014. Compared with March, load availability dipped 7.3% in April, and capacity added 12%. So the load-to-truck ratio slipped 17% to 2.8 loads per truck. Compared to the 2014, there were 24% more load posts and 37% more trucks for an 8.9 dip in the ratio. Moving on around to the U.S. van rates, the national van rates for May 10th through the 16th, the national average for van rates remained unchanged at $1.85 per mile last week. The national average fuel price was $2.90 per gallon. That's an increase of two cents. And the average van rate for the month of April fell seven cents compared to March. The total rate was down 15 cents compared to April of 2014 due to a 22-cent drop in the fuel surcharge. Taking a quick roundabout of the country, starting out in the northeastern corridor, the national van rate shows a $1.85 per mile average that is reported out of Philadelphia. Atlanta checks in out of the southeastern portion of the United States, showing a $2.01 per mile average. Chicago, Illinois checks in for the Midwest, checking in at a $1.89 per mile average. South Central, the central east part of the United States, Dallas is setting the low water mark for the national van rates coming out of Dallas at $1.78 per mile. And surprisingly enough, coming out of L.A., the West Coast swing shows the, the high water mark showing a national van rate average coming out of the West Coast at $2.04 per mile on average. Moving right along to the U.S. flatbed demand for the week of May 10th through the 16th, the flatbed load availability dipped. 3.4% last week, while the truck capacity was mostly unchanged. The resulting load-to-truck ratio dipped 4% from 20.6 to 19.8 loads per truck. Flatbed ratio up 30%. Load volumes for flatbeds rose 23% in April, while capacity slipped 5.2% compared to March, 
boosting the load to truck ratio 30% compared to April of 2014, the ratio declined 45%. So let's take a look and see how the rates were for U.S. flatbeds. The national average for May 10th through the 16th for flatbeds held steady at $2.18 per mile last week. Once again, if you uh, checked in at $2.90 per mile on average, two cents increasing two cents per, uh, on the gallon on the fuel. And rates lost 17 cents due to fuel. The flatbed rates declined two cents in April compared to March. The total rate of $2.17 per mile is 17 cents lower than the national average of April 2014 because of a 24-cent decline in the average fuel surcharge year over year. Quickly taking a trip around the country, we're going to start back out in the I tell you what, let's switch it up. We'll, let's go from, uh, look, we're going to go start out on the West Coast. West Coast for flatbeds, the national rate out of the West Coast coming out of Phoenix is showing the, is the low water mark at $1.77. Delting back across into the South Central, checking in out of coming out of Houston, Texas, showing a national flatbed average of $2.25 per mile. The Midwest checks in showing $2.54 per mile on average for the flatbed average. The southeastern part of the United States shows $2.56 per mile on average for flatbeds. And the high water mark is coming out of the northeast corridor for flatbeds. The national average coming out of that area is checking in at $3.98 per mile. That's reported out of Harrisburg. Moving on to the U.S. reefer demand for May 10th through the 16th. Demand for reefers rose another 4.1% and capacity added 2.1%. Last week, boosting the national load-to-truck ratio 1.9% from 5.9 to 6 loads per truck. April ratio drops to 6.1. Reefer load availability declined 21%. And April in capacity added 15% compared to March. The resulting load-to-truck ratio lost 32% from 8.9 to 6.1 compared to April of 2014. The ratio fell 32% year-over-year as well. Moving on to the U.S. reefer, the national average for U.S. reefer rates. For reefers added one cent last week to make the national average go to $2.17 per mile. Rates trended up sharply in Florida, southern Texas, and parts of California. Once again, an indicator of produce is starting to come into full swing now. Reefer rates dipped three cents in April compared to March average due partially to a two-cent decline in the average fuel surcharge. The total rate fell 16 cents compared to April of 2014, also due to the fuel despite a six-cent increase in the line haul portion of the rate. So, of course, fuel was really high this time last year, and we're starting to feel a little bit of the effects for that, but shouldn't be too bad overall uh, if you're running a tight operation, that is. And checking in across the country, start out up in the Northeast Corridor, the national average for reefer shows a $1.78 per mile coming out of Elizabeth, New Jersey. Glen, Florida, setting the high water mark for reefers, 
showing an average of $2.56 per mile, excuse me, $2.56 per mile on average coming out of Lakeland, Florida. Up coming out of the Midwest, Green Bay, Wisconsin is not too far behind. It's showing an average of $2.54 per mile on average. McAllen, Texas is the representative for the central portion of the United States, showing a $2.09 per mile average for reefers. And wrapping up the U.S. Reefer National Average Report, average Rate Report is Fresno, California, checking in at $2.30 per mile on average, coming out of Fresno, California. And I got a couple of other articles and a couple of things that I want to... Um, wanted to uh, jump into, but before I do that, I want to try to get over here, and we got a couple of callers who's got some questions, so we're going to go and jump directly into the calls. I got Christopher checking in. Christopher, you on live with Rico. How can I help? Yes, how are you doing today, man? I'm good, and yourself? I'm doing wonderful, doing wonderful. I hear that you're right beside me here, man. You're, I'm right down here on I-20, and you're up there in, um, in um, Fort, uh, what, Forest Park? Yes, sir. Okay. Yeah, I'm, well, sitting over, I'm, I'm sitting over here in the farmer's market. Right, right, right. I, I am. Um, I, I, I had an accident um, on third on last week Tuesday, which is the twelfth, and that's why I'm home today, and have the privilege of listening to to you guys. Um, I've never listened to you before. I've always listened to Kevin Rutherford, but somehow well, we appreciate you know, the support. Got... Yes, sir. So, um. Uh, what? Let me just give you a brief history. I don't want to be long. I want to give somebody a chance. Uh, what happened is that I was I was parked um, in Hamburg, Pennsylvania at the Loves, and somebody backed into my truck, um, messed up the front of it, the hood, the you know, and some other stuff. So I happened to get a load and come down here because I wanted to be home when the truck is going to be fixed. Now, the problem I'm having, the insurance haven't really done anything yet. They have called me, yes, gotten in touch with me, and, um, you know, and, you know, telling me whatever, whatever, but they haven't done, done anything. Um, so far, I have been to the doctor. Um, I've been to the doctor um, on the 18th, and I've been yesterday, and I'm also going back tomorrow. Now, my injuries does not prevent me from working, but my truck cannot um, drive. So um, I got a lawyer, and the lawyer was saying to me, you know, that, well, you know, give me the procedure and all that. But I, I, the question I want to ask you, what do I do from, from um, now? I haven't signed anything where a lawyer is concerned. Um, the doctor is saying that they have the, the, um, the spine doctor is saying that they have their own um, lawyer and, um, you know, and so forth and so on. I just want to be put in the right direction. This has never happened to me before. I just want to know what is it that I need to do? What is it that I need to be aware of and so forth and so forth. Okay, Christopher. Yes, sir. We appreciate the phone call. I am not an attorney and, um, didn't sleep in a holiday inn last night, so I'm not going to play attorney on the radio on on the podcast here. But uh, I think that as long as you get most of your all of your paperwork together, you know, as far as getting compensated for lost wages and stuff like that, if you keep a meticulous records of all of your loads and everything like that, you shouldn't have a problem proving uh, your lost wages and everything 
But I would advise the best advice that I could probably give you, and it's funny, um, we were supposed to have uh, Hank Seaton on tonight, but he was on a plane. He had a schedule conflict, so he couldn't join us tonight, uh, which is our resident uh, transportation attorney. But I would maybe try to get in contact with those guys, but if you're already talking to an attorney here locally, then, you know, of course, that's probably the best avenue to go in. Um, you know, speak with someone locally, and, and, and they can maybe advise you as far as all of that's concerned. That other than that, I don't want to get too far out of my wheelhouse because that's that's really not my expertise. I'm, I'm, I apologize that I couldn't help you out any more with that, but um, but yeah, just just try and um, get all of your paperwork together as far as being able to prove your lost wages and things of that nature, uh, so you can try to get all that back money, you know, to to prove your downtime while you're down to, to get compensated for all of that. Sorry, I couldn't be of more help on that, but I. Really don't like stepping too far out of my uh, realm of, of expertise. We got someone calling in, don't have a name up on them yet, calling in from area code 678-749-678-749. You're on live with Rico. What's your name and how can I help? Hello, caller. You're getting a little shy. If you have a question, you can go ahead and press number one. We can get to your call. We can get to your question as well. Um, last week, I put out a article. I don't know if you guys seen it, um, but there was an article that was put out last week that talked about truck setting revenue records in 2014, eclipsing $700 billion and hauling 70% of the U.S. freight. I think everyone knew that we were having a record-breaking year last year. Not quite sure if we knew exactly how record-breaking it was. I'm going to share this article with you guys. The trucking industry brought in $700.4 billion with a B in revenue in 2014, according to a report released this week by the American Trucking Association. That's the highest total revenue in history. For the industry, and the first time trucking has surpassed the $70 billion mark, ATA says. The combination of a significant jump in freight volume and the year tightening capacity spurred the revenue uptick. This was a result of uh, ATA's annual trucking trends report. It also showed that the trucking industry moved 68.8% of all domestic freight or 9.96 billion tons in 2014. And the 700.4 billion in revenue accounted for 80.3% of all freight and transportation spending, ATA says. So last year, not only, it kind of just goes back to confirm the numbers that we were seeing last year with, um, just having record-breaking spot market moves. You would last year you could just about throw get any kind of uh, in a hot market. You could really get really great rates. Let's see here. Alex has a question. Process. Oh, okay. Let's see if we can get to Alex here. Alex, how are you on live with Rico? How can I help? Hey, how are you, Rico? How are you, Rico? How are you doing today? I'm I'm good. And yourself? 
I'm going to find Rico. The question that I have, man, I've been in the industry for two years. Uh, I was a company driver for only six months, and then I went in business for myself. I bought a nice Freelana Classic a condo, and I started working for a container company here in uh, Hillside, New Jersey, where I, I live. I'm pretty happy with them. I mean, I, don't, I can't complain doing container work. I get $2.08 a mile um, doing the stuff that I'm doing, and, you know, the money's okay. But um, I want to step into the big league. You know, I want to buy, I'm, I'm in the process of getting me a reefer truck, I mean, a reefer trailer, and uh, getting my own authority. But my question, I mean, and I've done a lot of research to know who do I should I partner with, how do I go about negotiating the, the rates and for the loads and stuff like that, and, you know, the rate for now. And, uh, and that, you know, and, I'm, and I got a pretty good idea. You know, I mean, um, I'm the one, I believe, and so all the people that I talk to have experience with reefer work negotiating your rates and all of that. Uh, there's no really a lot of money to make with brokers. You want to be a proof carrier for people. And I got a couple of people, a couple of companies that I can work with. But um, the issue that I have is that those companies, they want you to have at least six months with your authority. You know what I mean? With your NC number. And me, just starting, I just want to get an idea from you or advice or help. Um, two things. The refer part, you know, what type of trailer should I look for? Because, I mean, I mean, I'm not... I want to buy. I don't want to buy something new, but I don't want to buy something so old. And you know, being a new carrier, how do I negotiate my rates and my loads to get you know the because I find out that I can do the same amount of money that I make a here a week working five days in two loads if I got the right connections. You understand what I'm saying? I have no truck payments. Uh, my finances are pretty cool. I don't own a house. I uh, just basically take care of my son, and that's it. You know what I mean? But I want to step step it up a little bit. Okay, I, I think I got you. <clears throat> I would I would advise you this, Alex. I would I would advise if you're not going to California, you don't necessarily need the. Um, I think right now that that you need to be looking at maybe a 2010 to be California compliant to get into California with the reefer. Um, I would advise if you're not going to California, you you can probably just really do a thorough inspection of the interior of the trailer. You want to make sure as far as reefers is concerned, the biggest thing is you don't want to, um, you want to make sure that you got a good solid floor. That's the big thing. You mm -hmm. don't want a floor. You don't want a reefer with a bunch of patches in it. Of course, you also want to make sure that, uh, and that goes for the walls and everything else. If every, if your walls and everything are in pretty good condition, you don't see a lot of waving in the walls and everything mm -hmm. on, on the reefer trailer, uh, where it's done been waterlogged or anything like that. That's mm -hmm. one of the, those are the main things that you want to look for. And of course you want to try to get your, your unit. You want to get a unit with as least amount of hours on it as possible. And it's always good to have uh maintenance records on, on the unit to see if it's been properly serviced and, okay. uh, you know, make sure it's always, it's been, it's been properly. So if they got any kind of maintenance records on history reports on that reefer, that's always a plus. But, um, I would probably, if I were in your shoes and started out, and if, if my goal was to be pulling reefers for quite some period of time, I would probably be looking somewhere in the ballpark of a older than a 20, I probably would be in the ballpark of a 20, a 2007, somewhere in that ballpark would probably be the oldest that I would want to be. Mm-hmm. And that's well, probably going to put you in, in, in a ballpark range of, and, and you could use truck paper. You always want to use truck paper to try to fill out to get you some averages on what the average range of what a reefer is going to run you. But I would, I would be looking for something in around the 2007 
I'll be probably looking to um, get somewhere in the ballpark of um, – I would try to be under 18000 I think you can pull that off of under 18000 if you look hard enough on truck paper. I'm, I'm pretty sure that the reefer market's out there where you're starting to get a lot of thick fleets now that are starting to upgrade a lot more of their trailers to go onto their fleet. And so they're, they're starting to sell a bunch of their trailers. So you probably can find some deals out there to be had on some reefer trailers. Um, the other thing that, that I would caution you about when, when dealing with, make sure that you, I know you talked about dealing with brokers and everything like that, but if you're going to go into reefer and, and you're up in the Northeastern corridor there, mm-hmm. see if you can get you some, con- get, make sure you get some contacts where you can try to get you some direct freight initially coming out of your own backyard. Well, uh, that's, that's going to be... That's the issue right there, Rico. I mean, uh, I've done my research. I actually taken the time to call these people, and there's a couple of good companies where like they can give me direct stuff. Like perhaps this afternoon, I was discussing with uh, with a lady from H M Bay that was paying uh, from coming out of Florida, well, uh, Winter Springs, Florida, and, uh, and on a four, and I think it was fourteen fourteen hundred miles total. She was paying me. Um, she was paying over two seventy five a mile. I think it comes up to be like um, like four grand. After all expenses, all profit. I was thinking about three grand profit after all expenses are paid. But the issue was that I'm just I'm just about ready to get my authority going. And um, you know, I mean, and she's like, you know, I was trying to sign in with them. And she tells me, well, I'm sorry, you need to be at least six months with your authority in order for us to pull for us. Then same story with people like NFI, Blue Ribbon, and Tyson Chicken because I made you know I took the effort to do all the studying, listen to you, Kevin reading stuff, you know, learn how to negotiate late, late and all that and rates. And that's the issue I'm doing. And I'm going to be, I think I'm going to be forced to use low boards. You know what I mean? Just trying to scramble around until I can get those contracts. And on the reefer part, I was actually looking at a, a, a 2000 grain thing, beautiful grain thing with split axles with a brand new 2010 thermal kin unit on it. And, uh, and the, you know, and the interior was very good. But, I mean, now that I know that I could get something much newer and better on the $18,000 ballpark, I mean, I think I'm pretty much going to go that route. But the reefer doesn't really concern me the most because I'm in a position where I can go buy a new reefer. I mean, not a new reefer, but a 2010 or so, or, or a little bit newer right now, cash. I'm more worried about, and I don't need to go to California because I got a 2003 uh, classic, which is with a Detroit, when that truck and I go to California, you know, we all know because of the missions. And I don't want to go, I don't want to go to California. The far as I want to go, there's my Calvin, Texas, back up north where all the good stuff is, and out of Florida with good contact. It's just uh, it's starting, you know what I mean? Starting getting my step, you know, getting my foot on the door. And what this big company well, don't, is don't, 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 don't be, don't, but see, don't, don't worry about, and the other thing is, don't, don't, you can't compete out here and go, go try to go to knock on the big company's door. You're going to have to try to find uh, a smaller, you know what I'm saying? You've got to find a smaller fish. You know, you, you're not going to mm-hmm. be able to take down a big, the, the great big barracuda. You're going to have to go and go find you a smaller fish, go get a, you know, go into a smaller pond. So that way mm-hmm. you, you come to the table with a value added service. You're not coming in to compete at, on, as, on a commodity level. You're coming in to compete okay. as a value added provider. And once you once you come in and compete with that and, and can sell yourself the value of the service that you're going to provide to your customer, then the the age of how long that you've been in business it may play a little bit of a role because they may want to see some season or, or see something that how how you've done. But that's how you come in and win, try to win them over. That actually can be 
as as much as somebody tries to make that a negative, the way that you're going to have to do that, you're going to have to flip that and try to make that more of a positive and say and and sell yourself to show them that I'm going to bust my ass that much more to provide that mm-hmm. much of a service to you to, to to prove to prove myself to you because I'm 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 starting fresh out of the gates, so I'm going to be I'm going to uh, hustle that much harder to show that I you know to to uh, bring the value back to you. As my as being my service and being your your service provider, I'm going to go above and beyond and to and to 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 show that. What is the most difficult? You know, one of the things that Kevin always said talks about on this show. What is the run mm-hmm. that you have the most problems with? Where where is your problem run? And what you got to do is you got to take that problem run and you got to find solutions for that problem run. Try to make okay. whatever it is that 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 everybody else is turning down that nobody else really wants the stinker up the ugliest load that they may have in the house. Then, if you can provide them a um, consistent mm-hmm. and uh, a, a consistent and, and value added service based on on the toughest run that they have, then that's going to open mm-hmm. up more doors and more possibilities for you. And, the, and you okay. start to establish your establish your credibility based on hey, you took the you were willing to go in and take the toughest thing that was out there. A couple of more things okay. about the trailer thing too. You want to make make sure you inspect. You know, like I said, inspect the floors really good. Make sure mm-hmm. you inspect your seals. Make sure you inspect your doors really good. Your seals around the doors because you, yeah, you can yeah. lose a lot of efficiency around the back doors of of, that, of those trailers as well. So you want to make sure that you, you you're sealing up really good. And if you if you know anybody, or if you can get a hold of anybody with like an infrared gun, where you can kind of scan those doors, where you might be able to see where where you're losing any type of uh any type of uh, cooling capacity, uh, that's also a, a, a big plus as well. Okay. Uh, well, my mechanic, uh, he, I think he has an infrared gun. And, uh, well, um, the, the, uh, it's actually a dealer here in New Jersey that he sells snowboard trailers and stuff like that. He says he's got all the mm-hmm. paperwork for this. Um, he said the floors, I believe the floors were, like, uh, replaced and the truck. I mean, I look at the trailer. The trailer looks pretty level. stopped and, you know, kinking in or, you know, bend it or, you know, whatever. It's kind of like a flatbed truck, you know, trailer does. It kind of looks like it's crooked, but once you put the load, it evens out. Uh, this one looks very straight. Yeah, I, 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 I wouldn't, I would, I wouldn't, I would take it to a, a independent third party person and try to. And if you're not really good at inspecting, I would take it to someone else, an independent, to inspect it for me. To maybe and and, and if you have to pay them to inspect it for you, <laughs> then then do that. Um, I, but I, oh, I would probably take that. it to someone else. I, I would take it to someone else because I, you know, not to say that the guy's selling you here you wrong or anything like that, but at the end of the day, he's selling the he's selling the trailer after all, so you know, so he's got a vested interest in it. So I, I would try to take it to someone that doesn't, that's not necessarily um, selling me the trailer, and try to get a, a, a another third party opinion as to the condition of it if you don't feel confident in looking it over yourself. Okay, um, and, and and that might be that, and that might be a good that might be something good to do anyway. You know, if you can take it back to, um, maybe take it back to the trailer manufacturer. You know, what I'm saying whoever ma- manufactures the trailer, and, and let them tell you, you know, go around and tell you the integrity of the trailer and everything based upon, uh, you know, the year and model. You know, is is, is it in pretty good condition for that year model and make? Okay. Well, I mean, I'm out here in Jersey, like I told you, and it's, I'm going out a lot. I mean, I don't know if anybody, probably in Elizabeth, because Elizabeth, New Jersey, seems to have a lot of shops and good mechanics. But I don't know, like, I really would I mean, like I said, I mean, I've been doing container stuff, and I wouldn't know who to, you know, who to take a trailer 
to get an inspector. I mean, I know who to take it to, you know, serve as the reefer unit. I know, I mean, I can go to a thermal king or carrier, for an instance, you know, and get them serve as the reefer unit and make sure that there's not leaking and there's enough, you know, cooling. I mean, you should have the trailer manufacturer should be in the area, and you can just also look up. I'll tell you a quick way to, uh, if you don't know, if you can't find the service providers or whatever, go to um, uh, NTT, I think it's Breakdown.com, National Truck and Trailer Service, NTTS, Breakdown.com. If you go check out that website, you can go uh, check out that website and put in repairs or something like that, and you or you can just Google trailer repairs in your area. Someone that repairs trailers or whatever, and, and, and they can... Um, go in and look at anything that you may have going on with that trailer. Like I say, you may just want to pay them to inspect it or whatever. But I would probably start out with whoever the trailer is made by. If it's made by utility, I would try to find a utility dealership that has mechanics or whatever that, that are there because they're a little bit more familiar. Or if it's Great Dane, I would try to find a, I would, I would try to find a Great Dane dealership and try to take it to a Great Dane, you know, see if I can get, get the guy that's wanting to sell me the trailer. Get it over to Great Dane and let them get their hands on it and take a look at that trailer and and tell you the integrity of it. You know, I'll point things out to you that may that may be of a concern that you might need to be on the lookout for. Um, mm-hmm. You know, that would be that would probably be my first stop if if I didn't if I didn't feel confident in my own ability to look it over myself. Okay, uh, okay. Well, uh, well, before I let you go, the last question: How do I listen to you sure. live, man? Because every time, you know, all the things that I, you know, all your shows, I always gotta catch them on the preplates on the electrostruck.com. I, I somehow I can find you on on, on Stitcher because I haven't I have a Galaxy S5 phone, so I need to use Stitcher. I don't use iPod or uh, podcast. How do I find you? You know what I mean? Because other than getting the you know the text message when you're gonna come on live, that's the only way I can. You know what I mean, and I, you know what I'm saying. Like, how do I listen to you live? You know, and uh, well, the marvels, on the Android the, phone. The marvels of technology is that the, actually you are listening. You are on here live. With this is the live show. With this is the only format we broadcast live on the podcast. Um, mm-hmm. See if I can explain this. Um, basically, the podcast is recorded while we're doing it, and okay. you're participating live. And, and I, I appreciate your participation. You're participating live on 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 the live call that we're broadcasting right now. So we're flying without a net. This is, this is basically for lack of a better term, live radio. But once oh. we, once we record, once, once we record tonight, then it goes into an archive for anyone to download and listen later on at their convenience. Um, oh, we're not on, yeah, we're, we're, we're not on a format such as satellite radio, such as Kevin, where you can listen, you know, listen to it on the satellite radio as he's doing the sure. show. Uh, okay. Got we, got we, yeah, because I've been listening to right. you, and I mean, uh, the, the way you talk and all thing, how to negotiate rates, and, and I mean, and I and before I even took the steps to go and get my own authority and get all the paperwork through and all the fees you got to pay, I even took the, the steps to like that. And then, you know, let me call this broker here and, and, and pretend that I know what I'm doing and see how much I get. And, and I find that I, I find myself a pretty good negotiator. I mean, you know, I, I had a lady, like I said, this lady that she was willing to pay like 250 you got her to pay 280 a mile. But then when she finds out, oh no, you got all, you need all the all this and that. That's when the, you know that's when my heart blow off. You know what I mean? Like ah, you know all this effort for nothing. You know what well, I mean? And, and it's not it's not that it's not super difficult. But one thing that you got to keep in mind as well is that uh, you know, and I try to bring everything back down to earth. 
And that's why I preach, go get your own customers. If you go get your own customers, that puts you in a much, much better position. But if you, if you're out here negotiating on a regular basis on the spot market, then you have to understand and utilize what the, the supply and demand of the market is. You, you, you go on, it goes from one extreme to the next. And probably the next, the, the best, um, example that I can give on that is going to be here in the next couple of weeks when, when Florida starts to go back down, come fall back down to earth. Right now, Florida's in the stratosphere, but it's going to start to come back down to earth here in short order. And if you get caught in Florida and you don't have a backup plan when, it, when things start to tank, then you better get prepared to come out of Florida back, you know, back at the, um, maybe 80, 75 cents a mile to come out of Florida instead of the, mm-hmm. what I think what was, think what was reported is $2.54 per mile on average coming out of there right now. It's going, it'll, it'll be a far cry, but you have to understand and learn the demands of the market and be able to position yourself and your equipment to be able to take advantage of the demands of the market if you're going to work the spot market. However, mm-hmm. uh, like I said, I'm, I'm, I'm myself, I'm really a big proponent of trying to go and get establish your own direct customer base. And that way you can insulate yourself from the violent swings of the spot market. Okay. And like, um, well, I mean, that's for my goal. That's my goal, you know, doing direct uh, customers because I mean, um, I'm planning to do the work, uh, you know, the type of work that the type of uh, work and service I want to provide is the, I want to do on a team operations. Me and my brother, we want to go on team operations because I mean, if we could get loads that pays to 50 miles, we'll find out we can do for those loads for customers. You know what I mean? Something that, you know, that it's a thousand miles. It, it, you know, I need to get there in a day and a half. We could, uh, we could get it, uh, you know, we could get the, the load in 18 hours. Because I, 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 love the, I love the ambition, Alex. Uh, just want to, you know, with reefer, have you done much reefer work? Uh, on the on the containers, I have done reefer work on the containers. That's with a little bit strange kind of work. Team would be, I mean, uh, I think there's a good niche to be had with team and reefers uh, as well. But the other, because the thing that the team is going to provide a lot of value with, because with reefers, a lot of times you end up getting stuck in a couple of places, and, and you may have to wait for a little while. Um, mm-hmm. So, but if you but if you got team, if you got if you always got a driver that has available hours, that always is that always is a plus. So mm-hmm. um, there definitely is a niche that could be carved out that could be had, and that's something right there alone that you can go to to help sell your services to different shippers in the area. And mm-hmm. you could also begin to target. You know, once you once you develop um, develop your customer base, or you could start to work and figure out on the opposite end of wherever, wherever it is that you're going to in your destination city. You know, we call it building your dumbbell. Or you can even try mm-hmm. to build your trial. And, and, and basically what that is, say, like, if you're coming out of New Jersey, you can say, well, I want to go from um, New Jersey down to Baltimore, Maryland, down to Atlanta, back to New Jersey. You know what I'm saying? And you can start to try to develop customer bases in all of those uh, cities servicing going back to whatever the area that you're going to. So you could try to develop a customer base out of Jersey going down to Baltimore and Baltimore going down to Atlanta, Atlanta back to Jersey. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So you just, you just trying to kind of reverse engineer it and build a burger that way. But you've got to, you're in a, you're in a good position, take advantage of the time and everything that you have on your hands and start researching different, um, different possibilities as far as 
getting you a, a customer base. And like I say, don't most necessarily go knocking on the doors of, um, say, for instance, um, Stouffer's or somebody like that, or, you know, or, or Nestle, one a, a really big company. That there, there are some opportunities that may be able to be had with some companies like that. But for the most part, they're going to treat your services more like a commodity versus a value-added mm-hmm. proposition. Mm-hmm. So if you okay. go to a smaller, you know what I'm saying, a, a little bit of a smaller um, customer, then that puts you in a position where you can come in and, and they'd be more willing to deal with you and, and, and negotiate with you on a more fair level and, and not have so – they're not so rigid. When you start getting into uh, corporate America, when you're dealing with Fortune 500 companies, they have their cor- their corporate policies in place, and they're, they're not so easily um, willing to adjust and uh, and adapt to what it is to fit into what it is that you're trying to do. They're gonna you're gonna have to adjust and fit into what it is that they want you to do. Okay, um, yeah, well, that's what I want to do. Definitely want to do. But like, um, how do you find the small, you know, customers, the right shipper customers, other than you know what I mean? Like, it sounds hard. I mean, it sounds not hard, but it sounds like. I don't want to say complicated, but it sounds like it takes a little bit of work. You know what I mean? Like it's not it's, it's it's not difficult at all. There are free resources out there, and you gotta be you gotta be creative with some of them. Uh, like for instance, go to um, start just get on Google and, and maybe Google like if you're going to do reefer work, maybe you want to you want to Google the uh, produce um, produce providers in your area, or uh, uh, mm-hmm. Google the uh, produce associations in your area. Frozen, frozen food associations in your area. You just start okay. thinking out of the box and start thinking about uh, people and organizations that they may belong to, the, cha- the Chamber of Commerce, different things like that to start to begin. And and push comes to a show, you know, just jump in the car and ride around into your industrial parks and see, what, see what's in there and just go in there and talk to somebody. You know, make sure you got your, your business cards, that you got your, um, you, you know, you got your, you got your nice suit on, your shirt pressed and everything you go in there and you can put more than one sentence together people love to, to interact with someone that that you know the actual service provider that they're talking to you're not a cold body on the phone you're actually someone oh, okay. that's, that's coming in there and having an, an, an exchange with them and they can actually put a face with the name and you can start to develop okay. that relationship and, and build that rapport there so you know that's the okay. secret sauce that that you know that that has worked for me thus far um there, there are a couple of other Ooh, things too right Yes, sir, I do. Okay. Yeah, uh, well, yeah, I'm going to do that. I look, well, Produce Association in my area. I mean, I, I know a couple, I got a couple ideas, a couple of companies that I know around Elizabeth, New Jersey, because that's where we pull our, our work out at Elizabeth, you know, because the port's there. I got kind of an idea of where do I go and, um, and you know, things that I can do. Because, I mean, um, yeah, I, I, I understand what you're saying, and I thank you for that. Now, on the truck, based on the truck, I have a classic, a Freightliner classic. I love my truck. My truck mm-hmm. is, like, brand new and, like, and like Kevin says, the only brand new truck that I will buy will be a glider. And my truck is sort of like a 2003 brand new glider because it has a brand new engine. My, uh, it has micro blue bearings, the transmission. Uh, I mean, I'm, I've done so many things to this truck because I literally i am in love with my truck. And mostly for tax purposes because Uncle Sam was coming for my maintenance fund last year. So I said, nope, yeah, I have no problems with my truck so far. And I love Detroit, my 13 speed and my 370 gear. It do me really well. I mean, doing reefer stuff. I mean, would a truck like this would it play any major differences? Or, I mean, anything. I mean, that I could, you know, get into something a little bit is going to be a little bit more productive, something more aerodynamically per se. Or I'm okay where I'm at because I got no debt. Well, I think uh, 
I think it's who is it? Uh, Matt, Matt Jumbluff. I think he has a uh, uh, a classic model type style mm-hmm. truck, and, and Matt is getting getting excellent fuel mileage. Uh, if you you may be able to follow him on uh, fuel gauges, but Matt Jumbluff, he he gets great fuel mileage with his trucks. You know, it's just all a matter of how you drive it, and you know, hey, nothing runs like a paid for truck. So if your truck is paid for, far be it for me to tell you to go out and, and go jump in and get you another note. Uh, I'm I'm a big Dave Ramsey fan, so. As far as I'm concerned, hey, you got the perfect paid-off note right now, and, and, and just keep with what you got. Do what you know. Use what you got right now, and uh, I think he's doing an excellent job. I think you're going to be just fine, Alex. Okay, yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. So I'm just going to leave this truck alone because, like I said, I mean, I got picks for power, power box. I got the intake manifold potter. I got the turbo. I got the dumpler. I got the sax. I got the OPS fuel oil system, which I think was a waste of time because. I change my oil every 10,000 miles, no matter what, just because I'm nervous and I want to baby this truck. And I drive it kind of hard. I mean, I'm not going to lie. I drive it 6570. And I guess 687 if I drive it 680. You might want to slow down a little bit. But if you, but if you, you know what I'm saying, depending on the load or whatever, the real world, sometimes you got to do what you got to do to make it happen to service your customer. I understand that. Um, <laughs> you know, but you, you you might you might want to slow it down just a tad, just a smidgen. Uh, I think that Matt gets his good fuel mileage because I don't think he goes above sixty miles an hour. I think he stays more around that fifty-five mile per hour. Uh, it's it's more along his comfort line. But hey, it's your operation, and at the end of the day, I always say if if, if it ain't broke, hey, no need to fix it. Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean, but I mean, I and, and, I mean, I work at the containers. I go to Rochester, I go to Rochester, New York every day and back, and I get paid pretty good for that. And if I was to like run sixty or fifty-five, I would run out of hours. So that's why I run sixty-five, seventy, so I can, you know, make you know, uh, be more productive on my hours. Because I mean, you see what I'm saying? Like, at Rochester, you know, uh, you know, uh, it's like three hundred and four miles. It's like, Uh-oh. it's like a six hundred and fifty. Oh, and, yeah, hold up, yeah. Yeah, so, I thought you, you. I lost you for a second there. No, no, no. I mean, I, I run product. I mean, I try to get as much out, out of my hours, but I mean, but I see what you're saying. I mean, well, once I get into to the my own authority and the reefer stuff, I mean, I know that I could, you know, I know that I could roll my truck sixty because you know what I mean. Um, to be a little more productive because I'm happy with the fuel mileage. I mean, just just getting six point seven, it's it's putting like. Twenty to five to thirty dollars on my pocket every time I fill my truck, and I always fuel for the load. I never, I'm never being one of those guys to you know just fuel for the week or whatnot. I always fuel for the truck, and I mean, and um, for the for the load that I'm doing, I'm getting fifty hundred dollars round trip, and I end up putting like a hundred. Um, now, 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 that's not my that's not my real strong suit. I'm not a hundred percent sure. I don't know. Uh-huh. So a couple of people might take a couple of people might take issue with with that fueling philosophy, but that, like I said, that's not necessarily my strong suit. So I I stay I stay within my lane where where, where I am. I, I try to concentrate most of my research and time on expert expertise on on dealing with rates, lanes, and negotiating and stuff of, of that nature. But um, mm-hmm. but I appreciate I appreciate the phone call, Alex, and I appreciate the support. Is there anything else that I can help you with tonight? No, man. Thank you so much. Uh, I got I got all the ideas and all the you know work and all the projects that I need to do to you know like to get my authority. It should be coming up in I think it takes two weeks to to get active. 
and uh well you know i'm gonna get on the low board and i'm gonna start you know looking around for work and uh like i said i'm gonna go to this company like h&m bay that's a company that really would like to work for it and i'll be like hey i'll take your crappiest low and i i can prove you that i'm hardworking and i'm and i'm a i could be a key part of the of your operation coming out of florida you know on your loads i mean um and and look for customers and just you know do the hard work like and master the journey like kevin said there you go, my friend. Well, we appreciate the phone call again, Alex. Have a good day. Thank evening. you, Rico. You too. Bye-bye now. Thanks. All right. And got another caller that's calling in that's got a question. I'm going to get to that caller here in just a second. Wanted to also bring uh, highlight another article that was in the latest Overdrive magazine uh, under the article Lag Times. And Overdrive magazine, they published an annual owner-operator population study that is done by the Commercial Motor Vehicle Consulting Company. And this report said that a number of owner-operators for hire businesses were where the owner still drives the truck increased for the fourth consecutive year to 174,700. And that's only 800 below the pre-recession levels. And basically what this article is talking about is talks about the lag time from the recovery of the owner-operator model in the transportation industry. Uh, at pre-recession levels, there were over 175,000 owner-operator businesses, and we're still lagging a little bit behind that number, even though that we're in a slow recovery. But the positive standpoint shows that the number of trucks that the owner-operator fleets controlled grew 2.3% year-over-year during that same time frame. And let's see, we got our caller, we got him screaming through, we got Abdul calling in, wants to talk about freight. Abdul, how can we help you out with some freight on, on tonight? Thanks for taking my call. Yeah, I have a question about, like, the Midwest, because I live in Ohio, and I noticed that, like, after, what was it, February, it started slowing down really bad. No, actually, in February, it okay, started what, slowing what down bad. What type Hello? of freight? What type of freight are we talking about? Oh, reefer, reefer, reefer. Okay. Yeah, and uh, in Ohio and and Indiana and all. Uh, I mean, I don't right. go too much into, you know, Milwaukee and, and like, uh, Illinois, but mostly, like, you know, Ohio, Indiana, Michigan, Kentucky. And it's been pretty slow. And I was wondering, you know, do you know, like, when that might start picking it up? Because, I mean, I I, don't, I just don't stick around this area. I also go to Florida, Nogales, Texas, and all. Every, everywhere is okay, but Midwest, I mean, like, Ohio, Indiana is pretty bad. And I don't know if it's always like this around this time of the year. How long, how long have you been running that, dude? Well, I had my own authority for about almost, almost two years now. Almost two years. Okay, good. Well, what you're going to, what you'll start to learn is, and... You know, you probably need to maybe keep you a little bit of a notebook or whatever, and you'll start to get a feel for this thing. It, mm -hmm. The country kind of goes through cycles. It kind of yeah. goes through cycles, and you have to know. And, and with reefer freight, you got to kind of know if you're gonna if you if you don't have a customer, if you don't have a direct customer base, and if you're out here, if you're just chasing the dollars, then you have to start to recognize and learn where the hot pockets are in the particular part of the country, doing whatever doing whatever given part of the year that you're talking about, you know. So you have to start to recognize that. And, and generally, uh, just as a rule of thumb, generally 
down in the southeast kind of stays a little bit more um, vibrant as far as the reefer uh, uh, freight availability is. You got a ton of stuff down um, in the mid, and like in the mid Atlantic, and like you know the, the your Georgias, your carriers, North and South Carolina, your Georgias, your Tennessees, and your Alabamas mm-hmm. are all pretty decent year round spots for a reefer freight. Pretty decent. Um, I know. And then it pretty pick, it, 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 it pretty it, and then it pretty ramps up and picks up pretty good once produce season and everything kicks in. But now, out of the Midwest, of great markets that, that, that a lot of stuff comes out of is uh, looking over, like, in the Omaha, Nebraska area, coming out of, you know, um, Green Bay, Wisconsin. Places like that, there's also different little pockets around in those areas. But what you want to primarily focus on, like I talked with the previous caller, is start to try to locate you. How many trucks do you have? You just got one truck, or two trucks, three trucks? Yeah, how many trucks yeah, you got? it's just... It's just me. I, I'm not trying to expand anything. Okay. Well, it's if, it, if, if it's just if it's just yourself, you might want to focus on an area to, to run your freight to. You know, create your create your dumbbell. Just same same thing I was talking about with the other guys. If you're based out of Indiana, we'll just say if you're out of Indianapolis, you may want to look at uh, somewhere that's a law books uh, day away into a better marketplace. So you might want to look into like uh, Decatur, Alabama, or something like that. You know, just just off the top of my yeah. head, I know Decatur, Alabama I mean, so is, 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 is a really gotcha. Yeah, so far, like what I've been doing, like for the last month and a half, is like I've been going from Ohio to let's say to uh, Georgia, and then from Georgia to Florida, and from Florida to mm-hmm. Texas, and I get kind of beat up in Texas. And then I come back. Right, up yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, a, a, a lot. So, so if you get beat up, don't go there. <laughs> you're right, right, right. So I thought, don't, don't. I, I don't go there. I haven't been there for like over like a month now. But I mean, you know, right, right. Rarely, yeah, but I mean, I try to, what I do is I try to go to like to McAllen, like for, but I can't, you know, I couldn't get to McAllen that much. So what I did was I just cut Texas off till. I don't know when, when I see, you know, to like, I think summertime is when, uh, when McAllen starts picking up in Laredo. Okay. One, one thing, one thing that I, like, like I would tell you, I got to getting close on time. One thing that, that, that I, of course, we want you to listen to the podcast every week, Wednesday at seven o'clock when we, when we get in here and try to discuss these things. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know if you just came in on the tail end, but we, we try to go over the trend lines every week. So try to avail yourself to as much information as possible if you're going to run the spot market. Get a hold of the USDA truck market report. Uh, are, are you on Facebook, Atu? No, no, I, I'm not, no. I used to. Okay, you're not on Facebook. Okay, uh, well, well, if you, well, if I was going to tell you to come and join on, on, the, uh, on, the, on the podcast page on Facebook. But... It, I try to put up a few links on there, but stay up on the USDA fruit and vegetable truck rate report. If you got a reefer, that's absolutely a must that you must, you know, so you can start to try to get a feel for where the markets are swinging at to try to put your position, your truck. That's always good information coming off of there. Of course, the DAT trend lines, what type of load board are, are you using? Oh, I'm using a uh, truck stop. Okay, internet truck stops. They have good. They they have good information on internet truck stop as well. Try to try to study. Don't just look at the load board. Try and study the information that they provide. Start looking at 
your different right. load densities and stuff. Look, looking at how much freight is going into it before you go somewhere, especially if you're going to be running spot market. Before you go into a market, try to find out how much freight is coming out of that area before you get there and find out how much freight is going into that area. Um, there are tools on, uh, on, on part of your load board that you can kind of help, that will help you begin to discriminate and utilize how to best, uh, how to best use your truck. So, you know, you want to put, you put yourself, put yourself in the hot markets and you will be rewarded handsomely for it. Uh, starting, starting right now, you were saying when are things going to start picking back up? I'm, I'm trying to get through it quickly as I can because I don't want us to run out of time. But, um, but, but, but what you want to do is, um, start studying that information and putting yourself in a position where you are always constantly in a hot market or if you're not going to be in a hot market that you make sure that you get enough of a rate to go into a place to, if you have to dead haul to put yourself in a better market that you, that you're doing that and that you're not putting yourself in a, in a lose situation. Um, maybe I'll take a little bit of notes. Maybe I'll go into a little bit of this next week. Um, and we may have, I think next week we may have our good friend Chuck Snow from traffic's maybe joining us. I got a, I got to follow up and, and confirm everything, but I think Chuck may be in with us next week. Um, anything else real quick? I do. We got about two minutes left in the show. No, uh, that's all I have, my man. Thank you very much. You know, I mean, I just started listening to your show. Um, this is the, I think second time. The last time was like a couple months ago, but I'm going to start joining in every week. I mean, every week that you come on, you know, I really appreciate you. Hey, Rico. Thank you. We appreciate it, Abdul. We thank you for the support. And with that said, ladies and gentlemen, I want to remind everyone of all of the different shows that are out there on the uh, platform that we have, um, the different podcasts that are, that are out there that Kevin has started. And we've got quite a few of them now. So let me see. I'm trying to make sure I don't want to overstep. Let's see. We got Kenny Long who came on yesterday. Hopefully you caught Kenny Long show at 7 p.m trucking with authority. Kenny Long goes into a whole myriad of different things, does a great job explaining the whole process of getting your authority, staying compliant. Uh, myself, we do the race and lanes here every Wednesday at 7 p.m. Uh, Chad Boblet does Thursdays with uh, Brokers and Beyond, 7 p.m. as well. Kim Cochran, Destination Health, every Friday at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Mike and Kevin Beckett, on Sundays at 9 p.m., Rolling Toe. That is the Audio Road Network lineup. And once again, we want to thank everyone for their support. We want to thank Kevin and Lisa Rutherford and the entire Let's Truck team for giving us an opportunity and providing for us a platform to try and get this information out. And most importantly, we want to thank you guys for tuning in, taking time out of your busy schedule to listen in and tune in and support us. We thank you, thank you, thank you. We look forward to speaking with you next week. God bless you. Thanks for joining us on Rates and Lanes. If you like what you heard here, leave us a rating and review on iTunes or listen to our other shows at audioroad.letstruck.com. To get in touch with our tribe, call us at 855-800-FUEL. That's 855-800-3835. Thanks for joining us for the ride down the audio road.